Welcome to Into the Breach, a reps and warranties policy podcast by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer, partners and co-leaders of the Transactional Underwriting Council practice at Cyparth Shaw, interviewing leaders from the industry and exploring the latest developments, market trends, and news impacting RWI and the transactional risk insurance markets. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Into the Breach. I'm Brian O'Keefe and joined by my co-host Jenna Usenheimer. How are you this morning, Jenna? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well as well. Thank you. And uh, (laughs) so we're taping this episode. uh, It's sort of in the middle of October and Halloween is going to be right around the corner here, Jenna. So I thought we would have a scary, spooky, <laughs> goblin, you know, ghoul, ghost theme episode here. So uh, I've never asked you this question. Like, what's your favorite scary movie? Uh, well, this is how you know. all in order. <laughs> this is how you know uh, podcast is live because I was not prepared for that question and I don't have an answer. <laughs> Brian knows I'm not really a movie buff. I don't know, Brian, what's your favorite scary movie? So I, you know, I remember a certain age that grew up with the Friday the 13th and Freddy Krueger movies and all that sort of stuff. But that's actually not my my favorite one. I actually watched a movie. I actually think I told you about this movie a few years ago uh, called Midsommar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see that sometimes on demand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a very creepy weird it's like in iceland or like norway sweden, sweden. sweden. yeah sweden. it's about these people who get like captured by this cult in sweden essentially uh this like murderous death cult um but it's it's very <laughs> oh. scary it is very very scary and uh it's very weird because it it it's very um the setting of the movie is very like light like it's up in this like area of sweden where it's light all the time or whatever and so it has like this like very like light atmosphere to it, but it's a totally terrifying movie. So oh. I don't know. Okay. That's what I would probably say. So you just don't you, know, indulge, you don't indulge in the dark side, Jenna. You just are full of you know happy movies, right? And Housewives. And Housewives. And Law and Order. That's my favorite. In Law and Order. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we hope we don't scare off our guests today. Um, uh, are, nice transition, Brian. I know. Who we are yeah. very very fortunate <laughs> to have. Um, and we're going to be talking uh, tax insurance today on the show. And our guest today, uh, which we are just so delighted that he is joining us, is uh, Yas Jafari, who is the vice president for tax at uh, Dole Transaction Solutions. Um, and he's going to be here uh, to be talking a little bit about Dole's um, launch into the, into the tax space, which is going to be coming up. Um, as well as some, uh, you know, sort of current event and other topics of interest um, with respect to, to tax insurance. But I have to say, Yash, before we get in uh, to the fascinating subject of tax insurance, I heard you piping up there about Midsommar. So I think I, I noted a movie that I believe you have watched, even if, even if Jenna has not. Yeah, well, look, I haven't seen that one, but based on your description, I think it's on my list. Um, <laughs> well, what's your favorite scary movie then, Yash? Frankly, I'm a, I'm a big horror buff. Uh, you know, I really get into it, especially around Halloween. Um, I'm a big fan of like home invasion movies. Oh, so that's I don't know terrifying. If you guys have seen 
the strangers. There's a couple of them, I think, but that that was pretty freaky. Uh, and it's based on a true story, actually, so that that kind of adds to the allure of it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm a, I love horror movies. I think uh, you know it's it's always exhilarating to watch. And and Midsummer is that is that how you pronounce it? Midsummer, Midsummer? I believe is how it's pronounced. Midsummer. Yeah. So fancy. It's Brian. definitely on my list for this weekend, actually. So appreciate the. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, very, wow. very, very Swedish. I'm also a true crime buff, by the way. I love true crime documentaries. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, Did you watch that Dahmer thing on Netflix? Which, well, there's two, right? There's the one that's. There's two, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have seen both of them, actually. <laughs> So and, my wife calls me a freak when it comes to true crime. I'm I'm a I'm a big uh, big fan. So, well, the Dahmer stuff looked a little freaky, but I, I did see yesterday when I was scrolling through Netflix that there were two separate Dahmer things, and I thought that was un- peculiar that like society needs two separate documentaries on him at the same time. So, oh yeah, I mean it's just it's it's uh yeah it's something else. I mean it's grotesque, but uh, you know entertain the entertainment value is still there. So yeah, Netflix uh, definitely reels in the reels in the uh, the audience. So well, not sure. Anyway, yeah, happy holidays. Anyway, tax. Yeah, tax. That's exciting, right? Tax can be horrifying too. Tax can be horrifying as well, you know. Right, right. That's true. So Josh, why don't you just tell our audience a little bit about your uh, your own background, how you got involved in uh, tax underwriting, and um, also about the uh, the very exciting upcoming uh, launch, uh, if you will, of the of Dual now entering the tax insurance space. Sure. Well, thanks again for having me. Uh, and so, just quick back, background on myself. Uh, so, I've been a tax practitioner for ten years. Um, I spent eight years doing M and A tax consulting. Um, at the big four, and then most recently at Alvarez and Marsal, uh, essentially where I advise private equity and strategics on a whole host of fun tax matters like tax due diligence, tax structuring, uh, tax modeling, and the like. And then I went over to Everest. Um, you know, I, I have a good friend named Elon. I think uh, Jenna knows him as well. He was able to sort of Mr. sell Brian. him. No, yeah. very well. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> a friend a of the pod. So. so. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a he's a special one. So you know, he he sort of uh, you know he he described the insurance world to me, and I was very interested. And I ended up interviewing and getting a position with Everest Insurance back in March of 2020, uh, right in time for the pandemic. Actually, I was I think I was in the office for a couple of days before I was expelled to the remote working world. Um, but I there I launched and led their standalone tax insurance platform, uh, and then. Having met the ever charismatic Dennis Kearns, my boss in Miami during the Aon conference, actually, uh, we had a surreptitious meeting upstairs. I hopped on the opportunity to come over to Dual to essentially do the same thing, to sort of run the same product, but using a more nimble approach and, and on a grander scale. Um, and so that's sort of my tax specific background. I'm a lawyer by trade, and I've taken my tax nerdiness to the next level by getting the LLM as well um, in tax. So. Uh, so you're really committed to tax, <laughs> is what you're telling us. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. That's exactly right. Well, we're very excited, uh, excited to have you on. And, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, naming all of our favorite people here between Alon and Dennis and others. So uh, we're excited to hear about the launch of this, um, you know, within Dual. And I think that this is a, a great development to have another market that, that's going to be available 
uh, to be underwriting these kinds of risks. And I think maybe that takes us a little bit, um, you know, to the substance. Um, you know, we know that the tax insurance uh, product can can be used in, in a variety of different ways. And maybe you, I'll kick it off here just by asking about, you know, what sort of tax risks um, Dual is going to be uh, most interested in. And, um, you know, in particular, I know I've been reading a lot about uh, the ability to use the insurance product um, with respect to some of the tax credit risks. And maybe if you want to um, talk about that too, that'd be great. Yeah, so sure. So look, I think to start, I would say, you know, the, the U.S. tax system is is really, you know, something beyond complexity. Um, it's, it's constantly changing. Um, tax rules are often unclear and ambiguous, and it's rare for a fact pattern to fall, you know, sort of squarely within uh, statute. And so the IRS can take, you know, a different but reasonable interpretation of a particular tax position. Uh, and, and, and private letter rulings, for those of you who don't know that what that is, that's basically a ruling from the IRS that would bind the IRS with respect to a taxpayer. Uh, they're hard to come by. They're time consuming to get. It takes over a year to, to often, often actually over a year to get. Um, and the IRS won't always rule on every single issue that's requested. I think the, the, the benefit of tax insurance is that it provides the same amount of certainty, but you can get it done in two weeks. Uh, so it's cost effective, it's timely, it's practical, and it fills some of these logistical gaps that I mentioned. And so I think, you know, breaking that down further, I think there's three buckets of tax risks that we typically look at, right? So you got your tax credits. These are your solar IPCs, your wind PCCs, and now carbon capture uh, credits as well, which we can discuss later on. Uh, and so tax equity typically will want uh, tax insurance to be in place so that they can monetize tax credits uh, in, in exchange for the project financing. And then you have your M&A risks. You know, these are your essentially your, you know, historical risks at a target company that could pass over to a buyer um, or risks associated with the transaction itself. And then the third bucket that we're seeing more and more of is what I'll call non-transactional. Uh, these are, you know, internal tax positions taken by a company outside the M&A context. So think like your internal reorg reorganizations or distributions to shareholders. And their tax insurance is really being used as sort of a risk management tool to mitigate balance sheet risk. And so those are your three buckets. I would say tax credits are about 50% of the business. Um, and then the remainders will really be spread between, between those, two, um, those two other buckets that I mentioned. So can you and talk we'll, to we'll us? Certainly look at all three buckets once we, once we launch. So looking forward to it. Yeah, so no preference between any of those buckets. You're open for business. You'll take anything, any of those yeah. risks. I think the market has grown enough where we have access to the right subject matter experts as needed, depending on sort of, you know, what, you know, what bucket that the risk, the, you know, the, the particular risk falls into. So we're open so, for, uh, certainly open for business on a broad scale. Well, that's awesome and very exciting. And so we hear, I mean, I'm certainly not a tax person, but we hear that the IRS has been, you know, directed or has a lot of money now to like go after people more aggressively and have increased enforcement. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you think that might impact your practice or what we're seeing in the market? Sure. Sure. So look, I mean, as you said, right. So the IRS, they're going to be allocated. So first of all, I'll say the IRS is completely sort of lacking resources uh, prior to the inflation reduction act. Right. So right. The, the infrastructure is obsolete. Um, you know, folks are retiring. 
Um, there's not enough employees. There's a huge backlog at the IRS. And so under the Inflation Reduction Act, they're, they're allocated $80 billion over 10 years. They're going to be allocated 87,000 employees, uh, with the one caveat that 50,000 of the current employees are retiring in the next five years. So if you look at it, the net increase is really about 40,000 uh, additional employees. Um, and 60% of the resources are allocated to enforcement, right? And so the, and there, the Treasury has expressed that it's specifically going to target, uh, you know, high net worth individuals or, and corporates and complex pass-through structures like partnerships. And these are all of our traditional clients and probably yours as well. <laughs> and so we're certainly um, expecting an increase in the audit rates, um, and that's going to, by nature, uh, cause an increase in the demand for tax insurance. Um, with that said, you know, it's not really a concern for us because the discipline of tax insurance is really meant to underwrite ri or, or write risks that are fully supportable, right? So we want to make sure we're comfortable with the risk before we place the insurance. And so as long as we can get comfortable, we're totally fine with the fact that the, the audit rate and the scrutiny from the IRS is going to be higher going forward given the allocation of these resources. That's 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 a that's an excellent point. I know we have seen a lot about that, um, you know, in the news lately, and I think uh, it's all the more reason for you know uh, for buyers to potentially be looking at this sort of insurance as another way, uh, you know, the backstop on certain risks, since it looks like the audit, um, uh, you know, the audit rate is going to be increasing. And I know you mentioned this um, earlier. You know, another thing I have seen a lot about lately. Um, you know, are the carbon credits in particular? I know that the tax insurance products been used for some other types of tax credits um, in the past, but can you maybe just explain a little bit about um, uh, you know, what, what the carbon credit issue is and how the tax insurance can be used uh, for that issue too? Yeah, so look, I think carbon credits, they've become more popular in the, in the last few years. There was some favorable uh, IRS guidance that came out in 2020. Uh, I don't think there's been a single policy that's been placed as of yet, but I think it's sort of the new trend. Uh, it's a novel product that I think we're going to see more and more of, particularly after the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, and so, you know, basically the insured would receive a tax credit based on the amount of carbon that's being captured um, on, a, on a yearly basis, based on metric tons. Um, and depending on whether it's a you know, direct air capture versus a, you know, carbon facility um, at a electricity producing um, um, uh, plant, for example, there's a different rate for the carbon credit. Um, and so the typical risk that you would probably see insured with tax insurance is sort of your production risk. So you want to ensure that the right amount of carbon is being captured. There's different various thresholds based on the type of um, carbon capture facility that you have. Uh, there's structural risk. So basically, you want to ensure that your tax equity investor is a true partner in the partnership that, is, that owns the project. And then finally, recapture risk. Um, so similar to your solar investment tax credits, there's a recapture risk that could be caused by, you know, the project failing, for example, um, or issues with operation and maintenance. Um, and so I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting because it's really a tax risk that's triggered by a non-tax and what I'll, the way I think about it, almost like a geological event. And so there's going to be a huge collaboration, I think, with, you know, tax underwriters, tax lawyers and, and the science community and sort of coming up with the right policy structure 
Um, you know, we're going to be collaborating with environmental underwriters, engineers, and maybe even climate experts to really understand how to analyze this risk. And the good thing is the IRS has expressly uh, encouraged the use of tax insurance with respect to the carbon credits. And that's always a, that's always a good fact to have. So again, so what I does think that it's, mean it's a, that the IRS is encouraging the use of tax insurance? That's a very, I, I feel like that's new information to me. Can you explain like what that means and how they're encouraging it and what it might mean for people who are getting those policies? Sure. So the IRS actually in a, in a couple different uh, revenue procedures uh, has encouraged the, the use of tax insurance with respect to tax credits. So they, there was a revenue procedure, I think back in 2010 or 12, I have to go back and check, but basically they say, look, I think the way you guys can get comfortable is to get tax insurance, right? So specifically with respect to recapture risk. Um, and then they've now used that same analysis um, and same language in a recent uh, revenue procedure, uh, I think it's 2020-12 in, in relation to carbon credits. And so they're specifically saying like, hey guys, go out there, get tax insurance. It's one way to sort of get comfortable here with respect to the, the, the requirements. Um, and I think for carbon, again, I think it's in relation to re recapture um, that they, they specifically promote uh, tax insurance. So it's, uh, it's definitely interesting, you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's a novel product that we're going to see more and more of. Again, I don't think there's been a single policy place, but it's, it's definitely forthcoming. So, so be before we move into our, you know, like out of our substantive section of the podcast, is there anything else that you want, like it's your time to shine? You have the opportunity to speak directly to our very, very large listener base. Um, but do you have anything that you want people to know either about you or the practice or dual in particular or anything, any final words? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think I'll, I'll leave, I'll, I'll sort of end the substantive portion by saying, you know, I think we're, we're really going to brand ourselves as, as a market that relies heavily on, you know, tax technical expertise, <laughs> but we're going to be commercial and practical. And, and I think dual really emphasizes that approach. Um, and has really branded itself as such. But also we're going to be, you know, innovators. Definitely. We're going to think outside the box. Um, and so that's our approach. And we look forward to helping this market really evolve. Um, and, and we're a couple of weeks away. So uh, hang in there and stay tuned. Are you going to have a big party when it drops? Yeah. You know what I was thinking, Jenna? I think I was thinking we can get that pink champagne and we can uh, have a couple couple bottles of the pink champagne, and we can uh, definitely definitely celebrate. So just to be clear, uh, I, like, I, I defer to you on what the name is. I defer well, to I, you on what the name of that champagne is. <laughs> well, I I can't tell if you're being like sarcastic about the pink champagne, but like every just so everybody not, knows, pink I'm champagne not, is like sorry. delicious. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I've I've become a fan as well. So yeah. All right, nice. And I converted Good. you. So, well, that's um, oh, that's yeah. that's uh, that's all great. And I think you know we're obviously again very excited to see this launch uh, for Dual, and, and know that you'll be off to doing uh, to great stuff with that. So, um, so I think we'll transition now um, into the last segment of the podcast, which we call "Once More Under the Breach," being very Shakespearean, like we are here on the podcast. So. Um, I'll kick off these uh, set of our three questions that we ask all of our guests. And the first question we ask, and we think this is actually really um, you know, pertinent for you, given your background and, and how you've kind of ended up in RWI, but would be you know, a piece of career advice um, for, 
folks are looking to get involved in RWI or tax insurance or transactional risk, um, you know, sort of just based on your own experiences and making a uh, career transition to this area? Sure. So I would say my general career advice is to always be resilient and sort of to dedicate, you know, as much time to self, self-learning as possible. Uh, but specifically in relation to insurance and tax insurance, I would say it's really, given it's a sort of nuanced and, and niche area, I think it's, it's really beneficial to kind of start, you know, practicing at a law firm or, you know, advising clients at, at the, in the accounting world prior to coming over to tax insurance so that you really can hit the ground running and have the right fundamental skill set um, to, be, to be a sound underwriter. I think it would be hard to come come out of school and and sort of to go right to to doing what we do. I think sort of working in in the private world would would really help uh, give you that foundational skill set. So right. that's sort of my advice. Um, and I think the last thing would be relationships matter. Uh, be kind, you know, because I think relationships. That is good advice. Really, I like that. We have that in our own practice, I think, Jenna. So, yeah, there that's you a go. good. So that is good advice. Okay, now the second. Uh, once more under the breach question is what is the biggest change other than you coming to Joel and launching this whole new platform? What is the biggest change you think we're going to see in tax insurance in the next 12 months? Oh, good question. So I think, you know, I think we're going to see how this inflation reduction act unravels and how it impacts the, um, you know, the tax insurance world. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of taxpayer friendly rules in there, particularly with respect to tax credits, uh, the expansion and increase of the tax credits. Um, you know, what else? I think we're going to see an increase in the audit rate, as I, as I mentioned, because of the Inflation Reduction Act. I think another product that we may see more and more of um, in the next 12 months is transfer pricing. I think there's uh, probably a lot of uncertainty around, um, you know, the way transfer pricing works and whether, you know, one methodology is right over, over another. And there's been recent case law out there that's created even more uncertainty and confused everyone, frankly. Uh, and so I think tax insurance could be a, a reasonable um, backstop to a transfer pricing study. And so I think that's sort of, you know, in addition to carbon credits, I think it's second uh, you know, wave of, of, of new product that you're going to see going forward. I think there's been a couple policies placed, but it's definitely, it's a, definitely a novel, novel area. So. Great. Yeah. I, I have heard that, you know, there are some folks who are interested in, in trying to get more involved in that. So I think that that is definitely going to be something to watch. So, all right. So I'm going to go with the final question here, which is our mystery fun question that you uh, do not uh, have any idea what we're going to ask. So we like to, uh, always end the podcast by ambushing our guest here. So, um, so the <laughs> final question is, you know, uh, Jenna and I are, are not tax lawyers, but we sit on lots of these reps and warranty calls. And we we're like a tax lawyer, as like I like to say. We're yeah. like a tax lawyer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like. And we, yeah. so we hear from our beloved tax lawyers when they're going back and forth uh, with the accountants on these calls about all of these um you know, tax concepts and sections of the code and 481 this and Wayfair that. And um, knowing that this is a very intellectual area. Wayfair And our, our tax experts are always so like into the intellectual part of this. We wanted to know like, what is your favorite obscure portion of the tax code, your favorite tax concept, that sort of thing, I guess. 
Oh, good question. Wow. Um, man, I'm going to sound like a nerd saying this, but I, I really, you know, I really enjoy, I mean, I, as soon as I took a tax class in law school, I knew I was interested. Um, to me, it's kind of like problem solving. Uh, I was one of those kids who loved putting together, you know, puzzles growing up. Um, and so it, to me, it's that sort of, in general, I think sort of the complexity of the code kind of allows allows you to be a you know problem solver and putting it's every day is like putting together a puzzle. Um, as for my specific code section, that's my favorite. Oh man, that's that's hard to say. How about this? The the the, the uh, deduction section, <laughs> the one that reduces your taxes, not the one. That I agree. Agree. <laughs> Any deduction program, a big. Well, Jenna and I just would have had to say, like, yeah, you know, the, the S Corp not signing the election form because we feel like we see this like all the time in deals. And that's like, oh, yeah, really, oh, yeah. You, know, you know, very easy to understand. So, um, well, this has been great, yeah. Ash. We really appreciate you coming on the pod. Yeah, here thank you so much. Uh, having a, such a wonderful discussion. And we are, um, you know, very excited about your upcoming launch and about your new position. And, um, you know, looking forward to certainly seeing you out there in the uh, tax insurance market. So congratulations and thank you again for being a part of the show today. Thank you both. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time and uh, look forward to watching that movie this weekend. Yes, please I'll let us know that. if you like it. Yeah, you have to let us get to report back. <laughs> you know. Well, Jenna, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't think we scared too many people with this discussion. I think we... I uh, hope not. hope not, right? Um, you know, so... Well, it was uh, another great episode, another one down here, Jenna, and uh, until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Into the Breach. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, please visit rwipodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Cyfarth Shaw, LLP, its partners, or its employees. The podcast does not provide legal or other professional services. This podcast is made available by the lawyer publishers for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the lawyer publishers. The podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. As defined in the State Bar of New York's Code of Professional Responsibility, this podcast is considered a form of attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes. Thank you.